The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. So, you know, it's it's the 1st of July, which, which interesting enough, you know, we just kind of worked work through them as months, but it is the beginning of the second half of this year. Yes. I mean, how quickly the first half of this year disappeared. So what goals did you have set for this year? And which ones did you have set for the first half? Q1, Q2, where are you at? Now? So my plan was that this past week, I would, uh, I would get into my, my last half of the year, do some adjustments, uh, things that I got done early. I'd go ahead and put some new things on the, on the, uh, on my goals and things that I didn't get to yet. I would decide whether I want to keep them or move them to next year. You know, that kind of thing. I worked, worked through all of it, but we had a visitor at our house this past, this past, uh, 10 days. Uh, COVID showed up for me the first time and for my wife the second time. And so, um, I didn't feel like doing any of that. And so, uh, this, this coming weekend, we're both, she and I both are going to dig into our goals and, uh, and check ourselves and see what we got done, what we didn't get done. And, um, you know, you're, it's kind of interesting. Normally in a year, um, people's second, second half of their year is more productive because they find they started slower than they thought they did. That would make sense. Yeah. We're quick to set them, but we're not quick to start them. So we're playing catch up. We're, so we everybody's playing catch up in the second half of the year. Now, really, really determined planners, they are checking off as they go. Mm-hmm. They're not as loose about it. I, I'm a little more laid back about it. my wife is not. That's how it is in my house. Yeah. So, but I've learned a lot from her on it. So um, I don't have my planner with me right now, but if you looked at a month, you'll see all the lists that are in there in a month and everything is marked off with a highlighter if it's been done. If it's not, then it gets moved to the next month. So that that's how my wife is. So my wife is everything has a checklist. Yes. I'm the opposite. Because my my schedule's so fluid, it can change at a moment's notice. Right. So one thing I've adapted over all the years is anything could happen. Nothing set in stone unless there's a court order attached yeah. to it. Right. Oh yeah. And and, and Unfortunately for me, and, and even more so for my wife, is an, our anniversaries, birthdays, everything. So we just had our anniversary, and uh, last, not this Saturday, but the Saturday before, right. and we had plans to go down to Mobile. We were going to take the Harley, go down to Mobile, and and ride to Florida, then go ride to New Orleans, and just kind of base there, right, and do the ride. But then our daughter got invited to a travel ball team for softball. Oh. And she really wanted to be on this team, so she had a drop-in spot. So we had to forego our anniversary, go down to Point Mallard, Alabama, so she could go play. 
And then we sent her home with my in-laws and we just salvaged what we could and stayed in Huntsville for a couple of days. Is she playing fast pitch softball? She is. Okay. She is. Well, just so you know, and you're aware of this, Point Mallard is indicated Alabama. Yes. That is my hometown. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So then you know the softball fields I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. So there there are two sets of fields there. There are fields at Point Mallard, and there are fields that are called the Wilson Park fields that are on the Beltline in town. Okay, so the Beltline, that's where, like, the Greenway is? Yes. That's where we were at. Yes, Yes. exactly. So that field is named after my day. No no kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, okay, yeah. There is a – let me say that. Let me say this differently. The fields are called Wilson Park, but – the uh the girls softball large tournament that happens there every year is named after my dad who who was um the one that just happened i don't know if it was that one or not okay i don't know if it was that one or not. there could be one big they're huge tournament that, that gives me goosebumps oh man. yeah that yeah, is yeah. so cool so uh my mother still lives there she owned a sporting goods store there for years and my dad um he coached uh he, he was upset because girls weren't getting the same opportunities that boys were getting mm-hmm. in, in sports. So uh, he started teaching. He was he, he pitched. He was a fast-pitch pitcher when he was a young in his 20s and early 30s, like one of the best in the country. So he started teaching girls to, to pitch, do fast-pitch. Wow. And uh, they, they would come from everywhere. And, I mean, at one point, even Jenny Finch, who was mm-hmm. uh, Olympic, Pitcher for yeah. the U.S. He he did some coaching with her on wow. her pitching game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that that's that's neat that you guys were at Point Mallard. What a neat place. Oh yeah. I think I was in the third grade, which would have been maybe seventy three. I say it had to be somewhere right around when we got color TV, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Lincoln had just just uh, been buried, and uh, I like that redirect. By the way, that's right. <laughs> And so um, when Point Mallard showed up, it was the first waifu in America. No joke. was in Little Decatur, Alabama. Imagine that. And we were in that waifu every day. It was, it was the coolest thing. It was like being at the beach. I like that part of northern Alabama. I, you know, the whole time I thought you were from Kentucky. No, no, no. Right there, grew up on the Tennessee River. Yeah. Right there okay. where Decatur's right on the river. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's having a little resurgence now because Huntsville, is just expanding such a and growing. Boom. Do you know that the Huntsville is the PhD capital of America? And it has just passed Birmingham this past year in, in population. It's the largest city in Africa. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. I saw my first Lamborghini SUV in Huntsville. Really? This past week. Yeah, we it's a very there. wealthy uh, area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, which is part of what has made the real estate between Nashville and Huntsville all of a sudden boom. Spring Hill, Columbia, all the way down that way in, in southern Tennessee, middle Tennessee, and northern Alabama, just booming because people will live in between the two. They can work in either Huntsville. My next door neighbor. So I live in Marshall County, okay. which is two counties from the border, right? Yes. So I'm almost halfway between Nashville and Alabama. So sometimes we'll flip a coin. Do we want to go to Nashville for a night or do we want to go to Huntsville for a night? Now, are you in Chapel Hill? I am, Chapel Hill. Do you know Elizabeth who just started to work here today? I don't know. I'd have to see her. She's from Chapel Hill. Oh, is she really? Yeah. Oh, wow. But back to the point, and make sure you introduce <laughs> me to her because obviously I want to know everybody here. Uh-huh. But my next door neighbor's an engineer and he drives to Huntsville every day for work. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's a great place to have those two cities now doing so well. 
I've got friends that live in Decatur, where I'm from, who drive to uh, Spring Hill, the car automotive plant. Oh, yeah. There, G- yeah G- I was reading something every day, and I think it might have been on the iHeart Columbia Facebook page, mm-hmm. but it said there was supposed to be a million people moving in between Columbia and the border off of the I-65 corridor. That is wow. A million people. Can you imagine that? Yeah. It blows my mind. Uh, and I can see it because, you know, obviously living in that area, I mean, it's just blown up everywhere. Well, you get uh, tax-wise, you get huge tax breaks living in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And so, and then you can drive right across the border working. Huh? We're like, a, we're like, you know, we're the trucking hub of the, of the country, too, mm-hmm. with Nashville. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, look at all the states that you can get to within two well, hours. Within four hours, two-thirds of the, of the country's population lives within two within four hours of Nashville. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I can't believe it's taken so long for Nashville. Look, tell me about this little gig you brought in. Oh, this I had to bring this in to show it to you right here. This right here, and move it here so you can see a little bit better. <laughs> this is a GPS tracking device. GPS tracking device. GPS tracking device. So we had a client said... Some things weren't making sense. They were being questioned about where they were, and they had a, a, a fear that they might be being tracked somehow. So we checked their car, and sure enough, we find a magnetic box. Now, how do you the check thing. the car? So we have two ways, right? So we have equipment that is designed to pick up. So ultimately, these are little cell phones that don't receive calls. They just put out data bursts. So you remember when... Um, Phones first came out. If you got them too close to your car radio, do that. Da, 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 do you that, Lucas? So you remember when phones first came out? <laughs> cell phones. Cell phones. I don't know what you and Alexander Graham know did as kids. But. Well, uh, we would run up that telephone pole in the backyard. And <laughs> I was about to say, Tony, didn't you, didn't you know Alexander Graham, though? That's right. I knew That's this right. Flashlight on a creeper with my eyes. So you can't really hide them. You know, if, if someone's just doing a stick and go, it's under a car. You know, or they're, you know, it's a spouse hiding it under a seat or in a tire well or in a jack well or something. We just find them that way. Uh, you know, very rarely does someone have the time to actually get one professionally installed under the dash, right. stuff like that. But um, that was the case with this one. I looked up and it was sitting on top of the bumper. So it went in underneath. It was on a Toyota RAV4. And you can look up on the, the steel 4x4 or like a 2x2 post in the back. And okay. it was sitting right there in a little magnetic box. That is wild. Now, was that one of our deals or was that? No, it was, it was something completely other different. Work, totally yeah, different. Completely different. Yeah, some people don't realize I actually have an investigation company that, that's based in Franklin. So our office is on the square in Franklin. But we also have an office in Memphis, an office in Chattanooga, an office in Knoxville. We got an office in San Diego, California. And then we have an office in Mississippi. You ever do any work with bail bonds? We did in the many years ago it doesn't pay it doesn't pay so it's you know they're all commission based off of recovering sure. somebody and then they get 10 percent, and that 10 percent just starts dwindling down and oh yeah it, you know we learned really quickly that we're losing too much money to be playing in that world and the liability and the risks are. Mm. let's go back to this let's go back to this second half of the year thing a little bit okay i mean the second half of the year what kind of gear up do you do like in your business? So in the investigation world, we tend to see a drop off in January, the end of December, just before Christmas and doesn't pick up until February, February Valentine's Day, basically is the kickoff day. And then really 
back up in the beginning of March. It's just just how the nature of it. So we gear towards that. So we always reevaluate our marketing. We reevaluate our expenses. We reevaluate where we're putting all our resources into so we can carry on. But this past year has been really weird for us because we had a pretty huge setback with a partner that we had. And um, we've had to basically rebuild. And we've been working on that for the past year. So okay. like our goals have, have been just to sustain and survive. Right. And then re how figure out how we were going to rebuild and okay. how we were going to get to where we need to be. Okay. And fortunately, we were able to find someone and, and get some talent um, from a major tech, from the tech industry, from a major player in the tech industry. Okay. So he came over with us and he has put us light years ahead of where we need oh, wow. to be. So that's a whole other business that we have. It's a, it's a lead generation company. And so that feeds into our company, the investigation company, and other investigation <coughs> companies. So this year has just been really unique. It's just about rebuilding something and how can we rebuild it. So we, we almost didn't have goals set as much as we were just trying to tread water. And it just kind of happened. Just mm-hmm. the, the synergy took off. You know, it's interesting that at, you experienced a loss before something new came along. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times, um, no matter what kind of work you're in, you, you don't know something new is coming along when you experience this loss. Well, it goes back to being fluid. You have to be ready to for anything to happen. It doesn't matter what business you're in, right? Right. Everything that happened. So quick story on that. 2008, we were on track to break a million dollars and we don't do insurance work. anymore. So by doing those kind of numbers in our business without doing any insurance work is huge. And then 2009 rolls and that's when they hit the HELOCs and the bank started shutting them down, calling back all the money and basically stopped giving money out. Right. That's where we found out where our money was really coming from. And so we just took a dive. I mean, it's like the floor just fell out and we went straight down. I'd already seen a lot of my friends and, you know, my competitors go out of business. And I was like, we're not going to go out of business. I mean, we just went to the drawing table and we downsized and we had to do a lot. I had to sell a house Mm. just to be able to prevent us from going bankrupt and going out of business. I understand. And um, that's what we did. (laughs) And we made it through. Don't know how, but we did. And so, you know, I see things happening now. I'm already starting to see other PIs throughout the country are calling it quits and closing down their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a little bit of drop in business, mm-hmm. but we're geared up. We, we, we had a circle of the wagons, called in some other PI friends who are my competitors, local. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look up on the internet, I mean, you'll see one of them is we're neck and neck, three of us. We're all just boom, 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 boom back and forth. And I called one of them up. I'm like, Hey, let's go sit down. Let's have lunch. I want to tell you what's. You know, could potentially happen. I you need to protect yourself. Why would I do that for a competitor? Well, because we take care of each other, right? I think I think you help other people regardless. And he has that same mentality. Mm-hmm. And there's enough food in the pond. That none yeah, of that, that you, what the reason you can you're free to do that is because you don't have a scarcity mentality. That's right. You're not afraid that all the food's going to run out, and so you feel free to share. Well, what what happens is. Yeah, there'll be somebody that'll take what you're sharing and won't give back. Mm-hmm. They they are living from scarcity mentality. But most of the people are going to say thank you and how can I help you? Right, yeah. exactly. And I think that's that's we're communal, right? 
when people are familiar and, and we need to rely on each other and help each other out. And and that's I think it's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to this business model is because I mean Brad can keep his secrets to himself and he can just go hire a team and cut out his competition, but instead he trains his competition. Yeah, I mean that that is that is um, so true. It is constantly people ask me why would you tell everybody how to do what you're doing, and and, and I just feel so I just feel bad for them when they ask me that question. They are obviously living in a place to where they think that we live in a in an existence that is so finite and so small and so tiny that that if I give away a little bit of what I have, I won't have anything left. You know, it's it's funny. I think last time I was on, I, I mentioned Kevin O'Leary about him talking about he likes to send his money out to go make friends and come home with friends, mm-hmm. right? I'm not a big Grant Cardone fan. I'm, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he says a couple things that I really like and I really agree with. And yes, I've read all of his books. Uh-huh. I've listened to all of his audio. I, I, so I can honestly say I understand this. Guy. Right. He, or, um, he's a believer in giving money away because it's going to come back. Dave Ramsey is another one, you know, big believer. Give money away. It's going to come back. I believe that. Give money away. That's right. It's going to come back. That's right. But I don't do it with the intention it's going to come back. It's just something that just happens, right? But that's how it is, too. It's like you got a knowledge and you can share it with somebody else and teach somebody else. You're giving back. It's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And, and that scarcity mentality you're talking about. That it sucks. is. It is. It's... um. You know, I think about I think about our apprentices and how difficult it can be in the beginning of a new direction you're going in, say in this program. And they have one right there close. They think it's going to be a good one, and boom, it just falls apart at the end. These folks go, they ghost us. They, you know, they don't. We, we don't know what's happened to them. Everything just seems like it's going bad, and it's tough. It makes you think about just giving up. You, we start thinking that this is the way this is. It's not. I have found in my life that most things disappear to make room. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, I'm helping working with somebody right now in the group who it's his first deal. And he's got what could happen and go wrong. It's happening and going wrong. Yeah. Right. It seems like I've seen that. There's a couple others that are the same thing. But in this particular one, he's like, you know, you hear these stories about people and it just all runs so smoothly. And here I am, I've got this, I've got that, and then we got to pay probate, and we're going to have to pay litigation fees over here. I said, you know what the good thing about that is? It's happening now, so when it happens again, you're just going to be laid back. It's like it's not even going to bother right. you. It's That's not even right. be a blip on the radar. And I, I would say to him, the conclusion he's come to, that the their deal went so smooth, it is not correct. Huh. It's just that when we get to the end of one, we close it. There's just a photo with a check on the mm-hmm. on the Facebook page. Yeah, is there ever one that's just no? There nah. very few just go so smooth like that. There are some that happen that way, but they're they're not the the majority. They're not the norm. You know, I I had somebody say that to me about this one deal I had where it was a little owner finance deal, a small house in West Tennessee. I bought it for four, took it sub two at 43,000, gave it, they wanted $3,000 closing. I owner financed it for 145 and capture $100,000 in equity in the note. And, and somebody said, man, that just went so smooth. I said, are you kidding me? I bought this house from six adult children. They could mm. not stand their parents. 
They could not stand each other. Mm -hmm. They did not trust the one adult child who had POA. I had to hunt down all of them and give them their money separately because they didn't trust each other. I mean, everything you can think of about that deal was, was difficult. There was yes. nothing easy about that deal. But when you hear me tell it at the end, it sounds like it went smooth. Well, this particular one, and this is something <laughs> that I learned, is when you look at a deed, the warranty deed, and the survivorship part. I never knew that. The warranty deed in survivorship and the difference between that and the non-survivorship side. I don't know what it's called. But if you have a deed with a spouse that's in survivorship and one dies, you get 100% of the property. So in this particular case, he said, no, nope, I'm going to give my half my kids in the last minute wheel dump. But it says in survivorship. So technically, she owns 100% of it. But he did something really funny in the middle of it. And so that's where everything's a little bit of a hiccup. And so, you know, we've talked to a few different attorneys and they kind of all agree that little hiccup he did is stupid. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. So it really should be her property. So we're at this like limbo place. And if we can get it to agree that that doesn't exist, then it's going to be a smooth closing. Yeah. Very smooth. Right. If not, it would be a little bit of a bumpy road, some turbulence <laughs> in the road. But I think it'll build character. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the thing I would I would say is we in this this uh, Tuesday morning coffee is don't look at difficulties as something that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to expect things to be difficult. I mean, you're buying someone else's problem. We're that's buying right. someone else's that's problem. A good way to put it. If if it were easy and going right, they wouldn't be calling us. So our norm needs to be, our mindset needs to be, this is going to, going to have difficulty with it. And I'm not going to fold when that difficulty shows up. Sometimes you just have to wait. I have one right now that I'm dealing with. And I'm, I'm, I won't go into all the details of it because we're coming to a close. We'll talk about it another time. But, but so that, that's one thing. Expect difficulty when you're buying someone else's property. And the second thing I would say that I'm, that I'm bringing out of this is uh, stop looking at, at uh, loss as meaning the, pea, the pie that the pie is now smaller. The pie is never small. I mean, just think about it for a second. We exist here on this planet and we see things in such a finite, limited way. We, we forget that. Billions of people have existed before us, all who lived somewhere in a hut, in a house, in a cave, under a tree, all who lived somewhere. This stuff that we call life has been going on forever. And, and it doesn't seem that it's going to stop anytime soon. Although in the past, many people have said, oh, in the next six months, the world's going to end. In the next two years, the world's on this date. The world's going to end. And guess what? I, now I'm here. And and there's even been people here before who were as ignorant about life as I. So I just I just want to encourage you. Don't look at loss as something that is removing some of what you have. And that puts us in a mindset of being a victim. So life life is not easy. It's going to be tough. And. Um, <clears throat> and so. We, we've got to stay focused on what's ahead for us. We got to stay focused and not give in to negativity and, um, and, and, 
and keep a positive attitude. And I know some of you are like, I'll cut out with that psycho babble BS, you know, Zig Ziglar Jr. No, I'm just telling you, you got two choices. You can go pee in your shoe or you can put them back on and wear them another day. First time I've said that in my life, you can write it down if you want to. I think this will be very, very popular one day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Tuesday Morning Coffee. Big Polly, thank you. Thanks for having me. Always great to have you. Whoever those folks are at the beach from our bunch, we hope you're having a good time. Yes, and I know who one of you are. (laughs) All right, Lucas, let's shut her down.